Welcome to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson and I founded an eco-conscious pottery company called Oxford Clay. Now I don't just make pottery, I make resources such as books and courses for other potters who want to be more eco-conscious in their pottery practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about me sharing everything I've learned with you and I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hello, so before we get on with the episode, I wanted to tell you about two completely free guides that I've made just for you about pottery. And the first guide is called How to Make a Pottery Glaze. So if you've ever been curious about how to make your own pottery glaze, this guide will show you exactly how to make your own glaze from start to finish. It tells you all the ingredients you need. It tells you step by step how to make the glaze, how to stay safe when glaze making. Um, and it's got a stoneware glaze recipe in there. Um, and if you've been curious about how to fire pottery, um, I have also made a guide on electric kiln firing. So. Um, this guide will tell you all the different terms that's used in like kiln firing um, and what they mean and it also takes you through the exact firing schedule that I use to do my bisque firing and also stoneware glaze firing. So it's got all the temperatures in there, all the timings in there um, and both of, these both of these guides are available from the Oxford Clay website at www.oxfordclay.co.uk forward slash resources for potters. Okay, let's get on with the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson and I'm really excited to be back here with you today. I'm going to be talking to you today about um, making your own plaster mould in pottery. Um, so this might sound like really advanced like pottery stuff, you know, like, but making your own plaster mould is so good because they, so plaster moulds in pottery are fantastic for being able to basically reproduce the same shape over and over again and then what you can do is you can use kind of like all your creativity you know in the decoration or like the glazing part of it you know but it enables you to get like a very similar shape over and over again so you know if you want to make like a set of something a plaster mold would be great you know if you want to make the same size bowl you know every time or something a plaster mold is fantastic so you can use a plaster mold um, as a press mold where basically you're pressing clay into it you're leaving it to dry a little bit the clay will you know come away from the plaster um, because the water is sucked out um, or you can actually use a plaster mold for slip casting and slip casting is essentially when you're pouring like a liquid clay into a plaster mold it's exactly the same principle as like you know uh, a press mold basically it's just that you're pouring the clay in you're pouring the clay back out again you know you're leaving it for a certain amount of time you're pouring it back out again and then again um, you know that shape um, the clay shape will shrink in the plaster mold as the plaster draws the water away and then you can lift the item out 
So, um, yeah, if you think about like all kind of pretty much all commercial pottery, you know, that you'd see in a supermarket or, you know, that uh, say like a ceramic thing in the bathroom, like a sink or something, all of those things are actually slip cast. Um, and so, you know, we're, we, it enables basically um, you know, pottery, the industrial process to be like, you know, uh, like shapes to be replicated very easily um over and over again and you get this like you know high quality shape you're not having to you know you're saving loads of time you're not having to like hand build stuff every time um so it is it's it's a fantastic thing for potters to have access to you know your own mold okay so um i'm gonna basically just talk you through how i make my plaster molds um and then hopefully you'll be able to see that like you know it's something that is you know available to you you can definitely do it too um i basically learned from like books and i also like watched a few kind of like youtube videos um you know in terms of like how to actually um cast because that that was the thing to get my head around sort of like the shape aspect of it that was the thing that i found like the most difficult to understand um so i'm gonna like just try and explain that to you now basically um so essentially when you're making um a mold like a one part mold so it's called one part because it's basically just one block of plaster and then a kind of you know depression that you're going to be like either pouring clay into or pressing clay into you absolutely need it to not have any um overhangs okay so what i mean by that is that the shape you're casting you're making the mold out of needs to be wider at the rim than at the base okay so and that is because when you cast and you make your piece in the mold you want it to be able to lift out when it starts to dry so if you think about like a vase shape if a vase is like you know bigger at the base and narrower at the rim if you try to cast that in a one part mold you wouldn't be able to like pull the vase out you know when it was um drying <laughs> because it would be bigger at the base and it would get stuck so that's why um things that are um that have an overhang you know like vases um uh that they're basically cast in two-part molds okay so we're not um we're not going to cover like two-part molds but essentially basically it's just like two halves of the, the mold that come together and they create this kind of cavern that then you can pour slip into so um i'd say like a one part mold is just like you know a really fantastic way of like getting into mold making um that's basically what i did and um you know later on i tried to make one with um a vase with kind of like varying success <laughs> but um you know a two-part mold but you can actually buy you know multi-part molds from like a commercial pottery supplier so there'll be companies that actually make these molds you know they kind of like they can make even like say for a vase they'll make like a three-part mold or basically it's like two sides coming together and then or quite often it'll be a base and they're like held together with you know a, um like either like a mold a mold strap they're sometimes called or can be like a very thick kind of piece of rubber band sort of thing and they're all held together and that's they're cast into that so um yeah so what i'm going to tell you about today is how i make my one part molds and they don't have any overhangs i actually use um 
an enamel pie dish which is like a really fantastic shape to make a kind of like a soap dish kind of shape so it makes this like beautiful kind of oval sort of shallow oval dish and then what I do is after I've um, slip cast that I then like add decoration onto it so like I have like sprig molds again that I um, then I add like dragonflies and um, a sprig mold is just like a little tiny mold where you can like push a decoration make a decoration by pushing a bit of clay into it so I use those molds to then you know create like beautiful shapes like with like butterflies and dragonflies that are then I put onto my um, my my dish shape which I which I cast in this plaster mold Okay, so step one. Okay, so the step one is that you need to find some kind of shape that you want to cast. Okay, so like I was just saying to you, it's got to be bigger at the top, smaller at the bottom, and have no kind of like, I guess, like sticky out bits that are going to get caught when you are going to lift the shape out. So if you always think of like, you know, just think to yourself, would I be able to lift this shape out? Would there be any overhangs that would stop this shape getting lifted, just lifted out, you know, of this one part mould? Um, so that's the first thing to say. The shape is a really key thing. Um, and then the second thing is that the um, the material that you're casting is also a really key thing. So it's got to be shiny and non-porous. Um so you can cast slightly porous things like ceramics, um, but I have found that sometimes, you know, you then have problems separating the plaster from the thing you're casting. So the shinier it is, the better, really. And like, ideally, you want something which is like quite solid because it's it's going to be under quite a lot of pressure when that plaster is quite heavy, it's going to be like poured onto it. So, you know, if you think about if you're going to cast something that's like plastic, you want quite like a heavy duty plastic um, and you also want it to be like safe. So you don't I mean, you can cast glass because it's shiny. But um, again, you know, you might have this issue when you're trying to separate the um, the mold from the thing you're casting. You just want to be like as safe as possible. So I found metal things actually the very, very best thing to cast so like I was saying to you I cast like an enamel pie dish so enamel metal enamel things or like something that's stainless steel those things are so good to cast because um also the metal can be like ever so slightly flexible which will also help separate the mold from the thing you've cast um at the end okay so so that's the thing to say. So it's like the shape, the thing it's made of. Um, and then the next thing is that you need is some kind of container in which to cast. So this is my absolute top tip for making a mold. I would say that like, um, although some potters build their own kind of spaces to cast in. So um, you basically need a space to like contain the plaster. So um, although you can build that yourself with like a kind of frame and you can put kind of stick clay around it and stuff to kind of like stop the plaster from leaking out. What I what I found is that um, the absolute best thing to do is to have some kind of like container already that is like, you know, the plaster is not going to leak out of. So um, I found like Tupperware pots, you know, like you can get quite large Tupperware pots, um, you know, that are just like for food and stuff. <laughs> I've actually found like those plastic pots so good to cast in um, because you just you can pour all the plaster in there over your thing that you're that you're casting and you know that that plaster is not going to run out and it also just creates a really lovely like mold shape you know 
So those are the three things you need. Something to cast. You need it to be, you know, certain material, nice and shiny, quite solid. And you need something to cast into. So like, you know, a plastic pot um, is great. Or a bucket. Could do a bucket. But um, the great the great thing about like a, a Tupperware pot is that quite often, you know, again, you're going to need it that. You're going to need that piece of plaster to come out of whatever you're casting. So you're going to need the rim to be bigger than the base. Or you're just going to need it to have straight sides. Okay. So yeah, bucket's ideal, you know, because they've got a bigger rim. Tupperware's ideal because they've got a bigger rim. There we go. Right. So, okay. The next thing is, um, this is the kind of technical bit, I suppose. The next thing you need to do is you need to actually put your thing that you're going to cast in situ into the Tupperware pot. So just for the purposes of this episode, this is how I do it. Basically, I, um, you know, I just want to tell you about like me casting into this Tupperware pot. So I basically use, um, it's quite a large Tupperware pot. Um, you know, maybe sort of like, uh, I don't know, maybe like two litres um, big. And what I do is I take my, so I use an enamel pie dish and I turn it upside down so that the um, you're basically going to be casting around the base of the dish. So the base of the dish is going to become the inside of your mould because you're going to be pouring plaster on top of it. So I hope that makes sense. It's basically like you're always going to be casting the base of something. So if you kind of like, you know, if you're always thinking like, oh, that's a nice shape, you're not going to be ever casting the inside of it. You're going to be casting the outside of it because that's going to create like the space that you're going to be then, you know, that's going to create your mould basically. So if... um yeah, it's quite hard to look at things just normally, like when you go to the supermarket and stuff, or like, you know, when you're like in a charity shop or something, you start to think of everything like, oh, could I cast that? Or like, oh, I wonder how that would cast and stuff. And you're always looking for the kind of profile of it, that the outside, the base of it. And that's the thing that's going to be, that's the thing that's going to be cast, basically. Okay, so you've got your, your, your Tupperware pot, you've got your enamel pie dish or bowl or something, and then you're going to put the dish you're going to put it um upside down into the tupperware pot okay and then what i do then is i seal all around the rim because you don't want any plaster going up like inside um the you know the pot or the dish whatever you're casting you want it to be totally sealed because that would that would kind of compromise like the integrity of the mold that you're making you know if plaster starts like running underneath and stuff so you want to create a really, really tight seal all around the rim of the thing that you're casting. Okay, so if you imagine this pie dish upside down into um, in um, like a, a Tupperware box, basically, with clay all around the side, you can also push clay sort of like all in, you know, in, in the rest of the base. So you do the clay all around the dish and then like, you know, all in the rest of the base and do a layer of clay. Um, and that's going to form like a very tight seal for um, the plaster when you pour it in. Okay, so the next step is to put some kind of like, um, some kind of like lubrication agent between, um, you want to try and put that onto, what you're trying to do is make a kind of, um, make it gonna, you want it to be as easy as possible to separate the plaster from whatever you're casting. Because even if you're casting something that's very shiny and not porous, 
it still can be really hard to separate the plaster and the thing you're casting because it's a sort of you know airtight seal is made and stuff so any help that you can give yourself you know any sort of like you know extra lubrication is is a really good idea so um, things I found that work really well for this. Um, I've heard some potters use WD-40. I read that in a, in a book, or you could maybe use you know some kind of synthetic, other synthetic like lubricant, like maybe like bike oil or something. But I actually just use um, cooking oil. So I use like um, I found that sesame oil is a re it's a really light kind of oil. It's fantastic, and it's like. I basically just pour a little bit on a piece of kitchen roll and then I just wipe it over the surface of the um, like the enamel pie dish, like the upside down enamel pie dish. And that just creates, a, a, like a, you don't want too much of this because it might, um, you know, get in the way of the plaster and make, make a non-smooth surface. But that just creates a really good surface that the plaster is just like hopefully not going to stick to. Don't want that plaster sticking to the thing you're casting. It's such a nightmare. So, um, yeah, so hopefully that will be enough to kind of stop that from happening. Um, and that some potters actually use a thing called mold maker's size, which is kind of like a, it's like a soap type agent. And if you're ever casting something that is porous, because some, some potters actually um, make casts out of plaster, which is amazing. So plaster is extremely porous. And so they need to use loads and loads of layers of mold maker's size, basically soaks into whatever it, it you know, the porous surface and creates a kind of like, <laughs> kind of, you know, soap basically on the outside. But if you're casting something that is non-porous, you, you don't really need mold maker's size. You just need some, some kind of lubricant, um, Mold maker size is quite tricky as well because it can it can kind of react with the plaster. If you use too much, it can often kind of uh, make your mold like not very smooth because it smells like you know the soap in there sort of thing. So I found that cooking oil is is actually like a great thing to use, just a teeny weeny bit, just like rubbed on to your thing that you're casting. Okay, so now for the exciting bit, you're going to be mixing up some plaster of Paris that you're going to be then pouring on top of your shape in the Tupperware dish. Okay, so I always get a bit nervous at this stage actually when I'm doing it because like it's a bit, it's a bit like time is like ticking away, you know, as soon as you add water and plaster together, you've only got a certain amount of time to actually do your thing, do what you need to do before it like sets and then you you know you could potentially have like plaster disaster on your hands so um my top tips for using plaster um firstly use cold water to mix it up if you use hot water or warm water like i did once it basically sets it really fast and you have like no chance to make your mold to pour it around your you know to pour it around your thing so you've really got to use cold water the next thing, the next top tip is to mix it really, really well. Now, this might seem like kind of counterintuitive. You think, oh, if I'm mixing it really well, it's probably going to set quicker and stuff. But it's so important to, to mix it really well to get a smooth plaster. Um, so I usually mix it with a spatula. And then I actually use, um, you can actually use an electric kind of stick blender, you know, like you would use in the kitchen for like making soups or something. That is actually great for like zhuzhing it, you know, like sort of really, really mixing it, making sure it's really well mixed. Um, it's quite thick, but it does, it does work. And then, then what I normally do is like just sort of stir it with my hand to make sure there's no lumps at all left kind of like on the bottom and stuff, um, of the, of the bucket that I'm mixing it in. Um, 
okay so um those are yeah those are the faster tips and actually um it's really important to tell you that when you're mixing plaster for mold making it's you really need a very um hard plaster so the way you get a really hard plaster is by making sure that the ratio of plaster of paris to water is like very high so you want lots of plaster of paris to water and by making sure that you've got that ratio, it's going to make the plaster as hard as possible. So generally speaking, the more water you add to plaster, the kind of less hard it is, you know. So um, I, for example, use a ratio of about two parts plaster to one part water with a little bit more water <laughs> thrown in there because I found that two to one, two parts plaster to one part water is actually just like, not quite enough to make actually like a pourable plaster it's actually like not quite enough water but it makes a very very hard plaster and that's like perfect for making your mold uh be very like you know very durable mold it'd be brilliant so um okay so what you want to do is measure out your water and plaster and then you want to have like um a, a large bucket of water on standby for kind of like quickly washing all the things in you know when you're mixing the plaster you might need to take a bit of that water to add to the to the general mixture of plaster if it's like not quite uh, pourable enough um so that's my very top tip like to have a kind of um like a bucket of water on standby, uh, you know, because you'll need to like wash everything quite fast. And you absolutely do not want to be putting plaster down the sink because it will set in your in your sink pipes and um, yeah, cause you like loads of annoying problems. So you just like if you have any plaster left over from casting, just pour it out on like a piece of newspaper or a piece of cardboard and just let it set there and then you can like discard it afterwards. Um, and you can also wipe out any buckets with newspaper as well. So that's a really good way of like kind of getting rid of the majority of plaster like in a bucket. Wipe it out with, you know, screwed up newspaper. Just wipe it out and then you can like put it in the sort of rubbish rather than putting it down the sink. But having like a bucket of water on standby is great because then you can, you know, you can rinse any any tools like spatula and stuff like that. Um, you know, your hands, uh, you know, maybe your stick blender before the plaster sets. So you want to be doing that, um, yeah, before the plaster sets and you can then just like, you know, chuck out the water with the kind of set plaster in, um, you know, preferably like don't put that down the sink, just kind of maybe like chuck it on the garden or something. You don't, you don't want, um, like if plaster's set, then, you know, that's fine. You can probably just scoop it out with your hand and put it in the bin, but you, d you don't really want to be putting the, you can put the top water down the sink, but don't put any plaster down the sink. Um, okay, so... You've got your plaster, you've weighed it out, you've got your water, you've got sort of like twice as much plaster to water. And what you want to do is put your water into the bucket that you're going to be making your plaster mix up in. And then you want to sprinkle the plaster on top. Okay. And that's a really good way of getting like less lumps in your plaster. So you just sprinkle it on top. Don't breathe it in. You know, if possible, use an FFP3 face mask use like goggles you don't want to be getting plaster in your lungs in your eyes um you know because it will create a kind of dust when it when it goes into the bucket and you just want to avoid that really so but you're sprinkling the plaster into the water and it kind of like all kind of like soaks down um you leave it for a few minutes maybe like say like five minutes or something 
just to kind of all soak in there. Um, and then you can start stirring it all together. Um, and then the time is ticking away and then you've got to like quickly get it into your Tupperware dish. Okay, so the next stage is to pour it all into your mold, you know, so it goes all around the item that you're casting. It goes all like, you know, into the Tupperware dish. Um, and then once it's all like, you know, filled up, you've, you've got like lots of plaster in there. The dish is completely covered with another kind of maybe like four, you know, three, maybe inches, you know, sort of like maybe, maybe even 10 centimeters, um, you know, above the thing that you're casting with plaster. So you want it like all the plaster all around the, the dish. Um, Cause that's, you know, you need quite a lot of plaster around the thing you're casting to be able to make an adequate mold to soak in enough water when you actually come to like cast your thing. You know, you need to be, you need to have quite a big mold. Um, if you think about like a kind of small space in the middle that you're going to be like casting your shape in sort of thing. So yeah, cause you need quite a lot of plaster to soak in the water basically when you're actually making your thing. So, um, okay, so when you've poured all the plaster in, um, you wanna just like knock your um, kind of, do a few knocks on the floor or, you know, um, sort of um, pick up your Tupperware dish and kind of bang it on the ground or on the table because you want to kind of try and get rid of any air bubbles in that dish. You want to, you don't want any air bubbles around the thing you're casting because although it's not like an, an absolute huge disaster, you can fill in air bubbles later with, a, you know, a little bit of like plaster that you mix up sort of and just pushing it into the air bubbles you really don't want to have air bubbles that you have, you know, that you're having to like fill in. It's, it's um, something, you know, if you can, if you can try and just get rid of those air bubbles at this stage, it's really brilliant. And um, it means that you, yeah, you'll have a lovely smooth shape when it comes to separating them. Um, okay. So the next stage is just to like clean up like as quickly as you can before, you know, all the plaster sets like in the bucket and stuff. So like a race against time to get everything clean before you have like, you know, set plaster in a bucket that you can't like get rid of. So um, let's just pretend fast forward that we've done all that and it's all like lush and clean and brilliant. And um, now we, we've got our like mold that is like gradually setting. Um, so like at this stage, I would say it's probably a great idea. Just have like a little break, like make yourself like a cup of tea or something. That's what I usually do. Just have like, oh, you know, the plaster disaster has been averted. We've got everything clean. It's all good. We haven't poured plaster down the sink. It's brilliant. Um, and all the, you know, the, the, the cast, the thing you're casting is, is just setting away just there. So in terms of like, um, so you're drinking your tea, having a nice break, and you just want to be checking on the thing, you know, your, your block of plaster. You just want to be checking on it because um, there's an optimum time to, to turn it out of the Tupperware dish and to try and separate those, the thing you've cast from your mold. So what this is, so I found this out basically through like lots of kind of trial and error. And um, so there's like different stages to plaster um, hardening. Okay, so the first stage is that it's like, um, it's, it feels quite hard, but actually it's still quite soft plaster. So this is the stage when it's, it's, it feels like it's set, but actually it hasn't started. It's like, um, the reaction that it goes through when it starts to get hot. So when it starts to get hot, 
Um, that is the optimum stage I've found to actually try and separate the thing you've cast from your block of plaster. Um, so any time before that, and the mold is going to be probably too soft and you might end up like accidentally breaking it. So just don't touch it for a few minutes. It, it won't take very long to start getting hot. Um, but what I found as well is that when I've left some, so there was one time when I tried to cast a mold and um, I actually left it for like, I think like a couple of days and I came back to it and it was actually really difficult to separate the mold from the thing I'd cast. So I think what I found is that time when it's starting to get hot is actually the absolute optimum time to separate the two things. And that's because quite often the, the heat reaction can kind of help to separate the, the thing you've cast from the block of plaster. So what I do is I take a tea towel and I just like put that on the floor or the table. And then I take the, the Tupperware pot of plaster that's heating up and I turn it upside down and I like knock it to get it out of its Tupperware um, pot. So um, like it can, sometimes can take like a few sort of like like knocking quite hard, like on the floor of the table. And that's why I put the tea towel down because I don't want to be damaging the mold at that stage. Um, but generally it does come out of the, the plastic Tupperware pot and that's all good. You can kind of like just put that to the side and clean it later. And then what um, what I then do, so then you're left with this kind of, you know, enamel pie dish, like in a block of plaster, and hopefully no plaster is kind of run underneath, you know, so you've got your clay, so I basically take the clay away from the outside, but quite often, the you know, whatever you're casting, the pie dish or something, will be stuck in the plaster. Um, and it's at this stage where you've just got to be like super careful when you're trying to separate them, because this is quite often when you can damage a mould. So my top tips for this are basically just go really gently, as gently as possible. Um, do it when the plaster is like getting hot because that can often help. Um, use some kind of like wooden tool, like a blunt wooden tool can often help as well. And um, sometimes if you're, if you've cast something which is like a tiny bit flexible, like, you know, a metal or um, like maybe a plastic thing, don't try this with glass. You can just kind of knock it ever so slightly with like maybe, you know, something blunt, maybe like a rolling pin or something, just very gently kind of knock it. And that can sometimes break the kind of airlock. And then it means that, you know, the dish can come out of, of the mold. Um, so, you know, it can be really frustrating if they're, you know, kind of completely joining together but if you're using something that's not porous generally it will be because there's like an airlock there that you just have to break um, and then this is like the moment of truth because when the the shape comes out of the mold then you can see if there's any air bubbles you can see if the surface is smooth because this is going to be the surface that you're going to be casting into or you're going to be like you know press molding in you know you're going to be pressing clay into so you want it to be a nice, smooth surface. You don't want any air bubbles there. You know, you don't want the plaster to be grainy. So, you know, hopefully by mixing the plaster really well and by, you know, knocking it on the surface, you know, when you're, when you've poured the plaster in, you're knocking those air bubbles to the, to the surface. Um, yeah, like hopefully you won't, you know, you'll have a, like a lovely, smooth, like surface and your your mold will be like ready okay so the very final stages are um there's just two stages left um the first one which is um really really good to do at this stage before the plaster is completely 
completely hardened um, is just to kind of like um, shave off any sharp edges from from the sort of sides of the mold that aren't aren't the thing that you've cast if that makes sense so you want to kind of like leave that area alone you don't want to be sort of you know doing anything to that but actually saying that I have seen um, in books and stuff some potters can kind of you know they've like used this stage where the plaster is a little bit soft to kind of like scratch things into it so you know the world's your oyster in terms of like um uh you know the creative creative things available to you at this point you could scratch like a design into the into your plaster mold um yeah I saw this in this book once it was like really beautiful they they sort of they've got some they had got some like pieces of plaster like flat plaster and then they'd etched a beautiful design in and then they kind of used that to like roll clay over and it was it was really it was really beautiful but generally speaking I just use like a, a smooth mold um and um yeah and I just like use that to cast and stuff but you don't want any sharp edges um like of the other sides if you know what I mean so like the the outside of it you don't want any kind of like because um, you don't want any like sharp bits of plaster and you don't want any bits of plaster like breaking off because quite often you know when you've poured it there'll be kind of sharp bits that you know that kind of go up the sides of the Tupperware dish and stuff so what you can do here is you can either use a um like a kind of um like sometimes DIY stores actually will have these kind of metal sanders that you can that you can use and you just kind of like can scrape it with one of those they work really well with plaster or um yeah it's like a kind of grill great thing that goes into like a, a like a plastic tool that then you can just you know use to kind of like sa like it's kind of sand but like kind of scrape around the side or you can actually just use a knife or even like a spoon uh, like a teaspoon or something you know to scrape the edges just to make the edges like nice and smooth um the the other edges of the mold okay so that's um the the second final the 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 that's the second final step and then the very very final step is to let your mold dry before you use it okay so um so I read in a book that you absolutely shouldn't dry plaster um by heating it okay so it might seem like oh this is great I can just like dry it you know um in a kiln or I can dry it on top of the kiln or something um or you know in a heated like on the radiator or something like that but um, in this book it was basically saying don't dry it with heat because you can end up like compromising the integrity of the plaster so plaster apparently doesn't like to be heated too hot um, and so you know you can end up basically damaging your mold all your hard work you know like so um, it was saying if you want in this book that I read it was saying if you wanted to dry your mold a bit faster you can like pass a lot of air over it so say like dry it outside on a windy day you know um a few windy days <laughs> um or you know you can have a fan kind of like you know put, put, putting air over it sort of thing but um it's like important just to let you know that like the, they will take a long time to dry so it, before you cast into the, your mold you need to let it dry you know you need to it needs to be like bone dry basically before you use it because otherwise it's not going to be absorbing the water enough and that clay you know is not just not going to come out basically so um although it's like you know a bit annoying you have to think ahead like a lot like quite a long time you know say like even maybe even like three or four weeks sometimes it can take to dry out a mold um I actually just dry mine on um like a cooling rack that you know you'd use for like you know a cake or something if you bake a cake you turn it out on the rack 
that you can just get from you know the supermarket I actually just dry them on those um and I just dry yeah generally dry them for about three four weeks before using them um and another thing to say is that yeah because the cake rack will sort of let the air sort of like you know circulate all around them and, and dry them um another thing to say is that before you when you when you come to use your mold before you start kind of using it properly um generally the advice is to make something in it that you then just like discard because the um there is a chance that like some little bits of plaster will you know come off in that first one um the first one you either slip cast or use as a press mold and so what they say is like discard the first one that you use in that mold and then from then on um, you can just start using it, use your mould, you know, slip cast in it, use it as a press mould. Um, it's just that like you don't want any bits of plaster in your clay at all. So um, yeah, just be like super careful when you're making moulds, like not to get any plaster like, um, you know, in, in the clay at all. So that's the idea of discarding that like first one is like if there's any bits of plaster that might have come off, they'll like have gone with that one. Then you can just like you know chuck that first one away basically that's the advice um so yeah so i hope that's been um like interesting in terms of like hearing you know how like i make a mold um yeah like i met like i sent you i made one yesterday um out of like this enamel pie dish in a tupperware pot um and um yeah no it's good i always get a little bit stressed when it's like the plaster time i have to say but um once i get through that you know it's okay it's like quite a lot of like washing up and stuff but it is so worth it because you get this like you know beautiful shape that you can just use over and over again and it means you know you can have consistency like i was saying to you, you can make sets of things you know you can really let your creativity like go wild with like the decoration and um yeah it's 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 such a fantastic you know thing to have enable you to to um yeah keep it for you know they say you can use faster molds you know 100 sort of 100 times or something and uh, I've used ones that I've, you know, I've got plaster molds that I've used over a hundred times. So, um, yeah, you can, they keep them for a really long time and they're, they're brilliant. So yeah, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I've loved telling you about making a plaster mold and, um, yeah, I can't wait to see you on the next episode. Um, yeah, until then, happy potting and I'll see you then. Thank you so much for joining me for the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Oxford Clay or eco-conscious pottery, there's so much for you on the Oxford Clay website. There's books, e-courses, there's a blog on there, uh, loads of other podcast episodes, and I can't wait to share it with you. The web address is oxfordclay.co.uk. I'll see you over there.